Hey everyone, Daryl here with a quick note about today's Total Soccer Show. I just want to give you a heads up that I closed today's episode by accidentally lying to you. That's because I closed the episode by saying, we'll talk to you again very soon. Because, well, that's that's what I always say, right? Because we're almost always back again the next day. But I was wrong this time because we're actually taking a few days off for Christmas, giving ourselves a nice little Christmas break and a well-earned one, I might add, especially on Taylor's part because he's picked up more than his fair share of my slack this year. So we're taking a few days off after this episode and we'll be back on Monday, December 30th. That's Monday, December 30th. That'll be Taylor and Ryan with a weekend review show, followed by a show on December 31st with our very specific predictions for the year 2020. Until then, here's our Christmas special. Welcome to the Total Soccer Show. My name is Daryl Grove and I'm joined by a man who may or may not be Santa Claus. His name <laughs> is Taylor Rockwell. Hello. Hello. You've never seen this in the same place, have you? I have not. And and my, I do get a giant belly and a gray beard uh, just the day before Christmas. So if you're is with me tomorrow, right? you find out. And then you work a long day. Yes. Day before Christmas. Always. Always. You have. I'm assuming there are no kids listening to this mm-hmm. um, who are at this party, but you have been Santa Claus, right? I mean... I'm, I'm hoping they're not listening. Uh, I have been uh, what I would say was a, a Santa helper. A Santa helper. Okay. I facilitated Santa's job by making an appearance when he didn't have time. I see. You filled mm-hmm. in. You filled yeah. in for Santa. Yes. Of course. Mm-hmm. And then when you're not being Santa, you can also be Nuno. <laughs> I can't. <laughs> That's my backup plan. It's, it's a less requested impression and like costume, but, yeah. uh, but some costume stores around Richmond do have the Nuno Espiritu Santo uh, <laughs> costume. They it's sure it's just a bald cap and a big beard, and then you have to whisper talk. And a winning record. But I, I, I don't want to jump ahead. I do have a semi-Nuno-themed uh, Christmas gift, potentially. So this <laughs> It is might what, not be very popular. This is what we're doing today. Mm-hmm. This is our Christmas Eve special, yeah. Total Soccer Show. And as is the tradition, I think we do this every year, mm-hmm. uh, we are giving gifts to soccer people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We, yeah, I'm excited to do it. Soccer people of... All shapes and sizes, because yes. it might be some players, it might be some coaches, it might be some media figures. Oh, we shall see. I know what's happened. Mm-hmm. I know what's happened there. Um, all right, should we? Uh, should we? Should we get I'm going? A, I'm now. I'm wondering what you think has happened. Well, um, you you tipped off air that you were going to talk about a certain thing. Oh, I see. Yeah, yeah, I see. Yeah, yeah. I see. I see, um, I see. I'm going to invite you to go first, then, Taylor. What is the first gift you're giving, and who are you giving it to? Um, it's going to be tough to get the shipping done, but uh, I'm going to buy an industrial strength crate of ibuprofen for every Premier League manager over the next 20 days or so. <laughs> <laughs> That's where I'm going to start. The festive period is coming. Yeah, I really do feel so bad for so many different Premier League managers because you hear this all the time, like, oh, fix your congestion. It's so difficult. It's so difficult. But this is the time of the year when it really is. It's almost, for me, too much when I'm like, there's still soccer on TV, (laughs) and they're the ones who have to plan for it and coach and work through it. For people who don't know, Mm -hmm. uh, in England, they keep going. They They play every Saturday in the Premier League just like they normally would. And then you add in a full fixture list on Buxton, Boxing Day, mm-hmm. December 26th, right. and on New Year's Day, mm-hmm. January 1st. So mm-hmm. it is just multiple, multiple games. And in between, for example, Liverpool have one in between those two dates. Yeah. They've got one on Boxing Day, one on the 29th against Wolves, one on January 2nd against Sheffield, an FA Cup game on the 5th, and then at Tottenham on the 11th. Oof. Yeah. 
Busy times. Yeah. Busy times. And this is, uh, I think, maybe making up the, the game in hand that they have, but it's still... Yeah, Club World Cup. For, yeah, for yeah. most clubs, you're going to see this amount of fixtures in this short time period. Mm-hmm. And for clubs like Everton Arsenal, who just changed over their managers, yeah. we'll see how that plays out. But it's, it's a lot of headaches right? and a lot of stress. Welcome to the club. You've got a game every other day for I the next mean, couple of weeks. I mean, not much could be worse than yeah. what they saw this past weekend. So at least <laughs> that's their kind of jumping off point. They I, know what to expect. I will say that's probably good for Ancelotti at Everton and Arteta at Arsenal. What? That just if things go wrong in the first game, there's mm. another game coming like two yeah, days exactly. later or whatever. Yeah. There'll be a lot of time to uh, to not dwell on any bad results. I'm going to gain momentum quickly. I'm going to bring saying. the weekend review back for a moment to ask you this yeah. question. The question I asked because Ryan and I actively did not want to talk about that game itself because it was so boring. Which manager's position would you rather be in like right now? Would you rather be Mikel Arteta taking over Arsenal or would you rather be Carlo Ancelotti taking over Everton? I think Arteta because the bar is kind of low. Mm-hmm. If he just does better than Emery, he's doing fine. So Okay, that's weird because I would think of it the other way around that like the bar is higher because it's Arsenal. But you're right, though, that because Unai Emery did so poorly and things have been so bleak, mm-hmm. that makes sense. But couldn't you make the same thing about Everton that hasn't the, the bar been sort of lower there as well? Yeah, but I think Ancelotti coming in, people expect like, oh, this is it. It's all going to work out. There we out. go. All right. All right. Yeah. So, yeah, expe- I think this is what I settled on. It's like expectation is on Carlo Ancelotti and pressure is maybe on Mikel Arteta. There we go. There we all go. Right. That's, that's, that's where I was with it. So yeah, that eh, we're good. on the same page. Uh-huh. All right. Oh, I've got one final festive note, mm-hmm. um, which is um, anyone who was... I I mean, isn't this whole show sort of festive? Well, one final... Oh, yeah, we're already in the gift. Sorry, I <laughs> yeah. thought we were still doing the preamble. We're <laughs> no. talking about the uh, fixture yeah. congestion. <laughs> Uh, industrial mm. strength ibuprofen yes. is what you're giving mm. the coaches. Um, I think um, part of what Frank Lampard was doing this weekend was resting Christian Pulisic mm-hmm. because there's loads of games coming, yeah. right? So I don't, I don't know if you and Ryan talked about it. I don't even know if American Soccer Twitter talked about it. Um, but I am not concerned at all about Christian Pulisic being benched uh, for Chelsea against Tottenham because I think it's just going to be a big squad rotation mm. effort where everybody's going to get their minutes and everybody's going to get their rest. And I would uh, follow up with that yeah. to say, number one, no, we did not talk about Pulisic being benched. We did talk about that game for a variety of different reasons, mm-hmm. uh, including that they went with a three four two one, uh, so a little bit Christmassy, yeah. as Ryan pointed out. But also, I would say that maybe that's... <laughs> that's a weird Christmas tree, right, that just goes out a bit at the, yeah. at the side it's, and then yeah, up again. Yeah. It's, it's got Close some volume in, yeah. in, the, in the body. Maybe you trimmed it down near the base. <laughs> uh, and if you need to trim something down near the base, uh, we also have Manscaped as a sponsor. Check out Manscaped. <laughs> Not uh, today, sure. <laughs> no, uh, but it just seemed fitting. Um, but no, one of the things we talked about was Lampard changing it up to with that formation to have the wing backs, to have numbers in the middle, yeah. but to have a narrow attack. Christian Pulisic has, Pulisic has not been a narrow attacker for Chelsea, so yeah. I also think it made sense from the tactical change, but then to your point, but because you have so many games, you can also rest him mm-hmm. and not kind of mess with him by being like, okay, I know I've been asking you to do this, but now I need you to do something fundamentally different for one did it, game. Did it whet your appetite, though? Because I would love to see Pulisic play that role that Mason Mount and Willian played, where they're mm-hmm. kind of like, yeah, the two behind Tammy Abraham, but they seem to have license to just go almost wherever they wanted, right? I don't care as long as <laughs> Americans are playing, because, I, I again... I've talked about it already. Last weekend was a bummer for oh, Americans yeah, abroad. Yeah. It was not great. So not, not the one just gone, the one before. Yeah, the one yeah, before yeah. that was was not great all around. So, oh. I, yeah, I'm okay with Pulisic being benched as long as he gets some minutes, which I think he will. And I hope Frank Lampard takes some ibuprofen to deal with the headache that ensues. <laughs> all right. So I have my first gift to give. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm getting a gift for Ronald Koeman. All right. um, I'm getting him a sweater. That's too small for him. Uh-huh. And I'm going to give it to him on December 26th. Okay. Because just like the Dutch Federation's efforts to recruit Serginho Dest, <laughs> it's too little, too late. That was a better one. That was good. I, I didn't really know where you were going with it. I was like, is this a Ronald Koeman joke? Is, is this a fat joke? Is he a big fish in a small pond? I see what you've done here. So, yeah, you know I love a pun. Yeah. But also, I'm making a serious point mm-hmm. that when you look back at the year, um, even though we all panicked about— What was about, the pun there? Uh, too little, too late. How is that a pun? 
Because it's like taking what they did too little, uh-huh. too late. The the sweater is too little, too uh-huh. small, and I'm oh, giving okay. it December twenty sixth. Ah, there it is. Too there late. we go. There I really have go. to explain this to you a little bit. Oh man, yeah. Uh, you know how I feel about puns, Daryl. You don't get them. <laughs> Apparently, <laughs> they're too complicated. <laughs> oh, so yeah. So it's, I think it's worth just making the point that even though we all panicked about mm-hmm. Sergio Dest, the Dutch Federation actually were very late to the game. Mm-hmm. Like they could have uh, spotted what he was doing for young Ajax and made an approach to play for the under-21s. And it seems like maybe they didn't make a tempting enough offer in October. Mm-hmm. I would bet they just offered him like, hey, we'll call you up for the next under-21 squad. Not, we'll call you up to the senior squad. So yeah. too little too late for the Dutch Federation's attempts to get Serginho Dest. How, how like, like being skeptical, skeptical of everything now has put me in that mindset of like, do we know for sure that the Dutch FA were like really after him for those couple of months, or was it more so that like they started getting questions about him and they were like, "Yeah, we're we're interested," but you well, know, they we'll definitely see what made an approach to him, mm-hmm. right? Because he said he had a decision to right. make. Yeah, all right, yeah. all right. So there you go, then. Yeah, so too little, too late. Enjoy your yep. tiny sweater, Raul Koeman, <laughs> in your face. What, what else you got? What, um, else you got? what was my first one? Uh, it was the industrial strength ibuprofen for all Premier League managers because of the festive schedule. And my second one is an industrial strength creative ibuprofen for every person assigned to cover transfer rumors in January. Did uh, you buy a lot of ibuprofen? <laughs> That's, that's my plan. Uh, but, but a lot of stock in ibuprofen. <laughs> Fingers crossed it works out. Generic ibuprofen. That's not a thing uh-huh. that you can buy, rather. Uh, stock it. Uh, Ryan and I talked uh, today about uh, basically our thoughts on the January window and how it feels like so many teams have holes that need to be plugged or positions that need to be filled or new managers coming in that uh, the consensus was that this will be the busiest January we've seen in some time. Mm-hmm. Chelsea uh, having the freedom now to transfer players after the uh, appeal went through. Yep. So they all also probably will spend some money, so it feels like it's going to be a very active window. And whenever it seems like it's going to be an active window, the rumor mill explodes. Yeah, so I'm, for, so I'm weirdly looking forward to it. Oh, I'm always looking forward to it as a person who doesn't have to be in the newsroom sitting there writing down the same rumor and the yeah, same yeah. link and linking to the same stuff over and over and over again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm excited that we get to wait until things actually happen, and then we can talk <laughs> about them. We're going to talk about the rumors, though, right? Oh, I mean, absolutely, but we're not obligated to talk about there the rumors is yes, what I mean. Yes. There's no editor saying, hey, I know you wrote a story about Zlatan to Everton yesterday. Write a story about Zlatan to Juve today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that seems fair. Um, mm-hmm. it, it, I think you're right that it is going to be a busy January because there's a lot of essentially big, big teams underperforming, right? Manchester United, Arsenal. More than if, <laughs> it, um, Tottenham have the new coach, Mourinho, yeah. who likes to spend, so that they may be, uh, they may be spending some money. Mm-hmm. Manchester City, I, I think they've said they're not going to spend, but if I'm Pep, I'm looking at centre-backs, yeah. right? Come on. Fernandinho, he got burned this weekend, right? Fernandinho yes. got absolutely burned on the goal. Um, so, yeah, I, I can see a lot of money being spent. Yes. So, even li- Liverpool seem fine, and even they've spent already. Yeah, they have, yeah. exactly. Exactly. I mean, spent wisely. Mm-hmm. It, I, I don't fully understand how they managed to pull that one off. Release clauses are stupid. Uh, yeah, like 7.7 million euros? Something like that, That's yeah. An absolute bargain. Yeah, that'll work. Uh, uh, I'm sure they'll be just fine with that one. I hope they can afford that. I think they probably can. <laughs> It's, it's good about him, 10 of him or one Virgil van Dijk. There we go. Um, okay, I, I've mm-hmm. got um, another gift. Um, Please. For Greg Berhalter, ah. I will be getting a half-season ticket mm-hmm. to Pride Park Stadium. Okay. Home of Derby County Football Club. All right. Because he clearly hasn't seen enough of Dwayne Holmes. <laughs> and I know he can probably get in for free just by making a phone call. But I think if he's got – because we're halfway through the season, that's why it's a half-season ticket. Mm-hmm. I'm not spending money unnecessarily. Yeah, no. Um, it's going to be discounted he, as well. Come yeah. On. He can go and watch Dwayne Holmes um, every other week when Derby are at home and get a good look at Dwayne Holmes and conclude that Dwayne Holmes should be in the 23 next time he picks a senior U.S. men's national team roster. You know, if you were a different type of media personality, you would actually physically buy tickets to a Derby game and mail them to the U.S. Soccer Federation, but you'd take a bunch of photos of you doing it so that you could get the likes for it. And I think maybe you should. I'm, I'm just writing that down. <laughs> 
Um, I, I will p- piggyback off of yours to say I have a Burhalter one too. Right. Uh, I will say I'm going to give Greg Burhalter the gift of a fully fit squad for an entire international break for the first time in his tenure. I'm just going to I'm just going to give it to him. I'm just going to find a way. I'm going to bubble wrap some people. You really are Santa. I, I'm, I'm going I'm to try. I'm going to do my best, Daryl, because I believe we still have no real idea what a team featuring Pulisic, McKinney, Adams, Brooks, Altador, Dest. We have not seen that combination mm-hmm. at full strength. And I do still find myself wondering, this is me trying to be optimistic. This, yeah. is the, this is where I am with optimism right now, is that I'm trying to be optimistic about players not being injured. Yeah. But I do still think if you have all those players in there, the, the level on that team automatically raises significantly. You finally get some combinations in there, and I think the performances increase as a result. I absolutely agree. And maybe Dwayne Holmes as well. Throw him in there too. Yeah. So Go to Derby, see him. Bring March him will be our... Yep. First chance at maybe getting that, and then if not, then hopefully June for the Nations League final games. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yes, and maybe Josh Sargent in there. You could put him in there too. Why not? Of course, of course, of course. All right, I've got a big one. This yep. is the biggest gift I'm getting anyone. I've been saving up. It's the most expensive gift. It's for someone very special. Um, it's for Tyler Adams. I'm getting Tyler Adams a big gift. I am buying Tyler Adams Fox News. Okay, because he's very good at closing things down quickly. <laughs> I like what you did there. I like what you did there. <laughs> so I did. I got a look at Tyler mm. Adams. Um, it almost felt like a debut because it's been so long. <laughs> yeah. Um, his season debut, at least, mm-hmm. for RB Leipzig when they, they beat Augsburg, I believe, uh, 3-1. He did play right back for most of the game, but he got really got far up the field. He played like as a right wing back almost because mm-hmm. he was providing the width in the 4-2-2-2. Um, then he also had a good five minutes back in defensive midfield towards the, uh, towards the end of the game. Um, and all the good Tyler Adams stuff was there. Yep. Um, and I enjoyed my joke about closing down Fox News because yep. it's, it's good to dream at Christmas. Uh, but really, the the pace with which like an opposition player has the ball, thinks they have time, and almost by magic, Tyler Adams is in their face. It is something that is an absolute joy to behold at any time of year. I mean, Fox News hosts would probably enjoy a person getting in their face. That seems to be the, the approach there. <laughs> there you could also that. just give them uh, Unai Emery and Marcus Silva and let them uh, bring, <laughs> bring down the organization. Slowly run it into yeah. the ground. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but getting back to your idea of like, mm-hmm. what if all these players were actually in the U.S. Yeah. national team and fit? I think 2020, we've got a lot to look forward to with Tyler Adams being on the men's national team. And honestly, I don't care what position he plays as long as he gets on the field. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm right there with you because I do think, especially for a team like Leipzig who have such rigorous structures in place in terms of how Mm -hmm. they want to play Um, but then still having a little bit of freedom for players like Tyler Adams if they're playing a fullback I think that works really well because you're in the squad you still have to perform in a certain way you still have to know what everyone around you is doing but you're on the field and I would take that over Tyler Adams having to be reincorporated back in oh this person has kind of played their way ahead of you at central midfield but we'll use you as a substitute for a while and then we'll get you in intermittently in the spot that you maybe would prefer to play or US fans would prefer to see you play I will take him playing 86 minutes at right back right now I would also argue it's different to the Western McKenney being moved all over the yep. board thing mm-hmm. if it's like Tyler Adams for Leipzig his job is okay either you're one of the two defensive midfielders or you are right back mm-hmm. I think that's okay to just be a bit switchable in terms of two positions it's not like oh you're up front one week and you're centre back next week and it's all over the place yeah. and factor in RB Leipzig are top of the Bundesliga right now yes they are. I don't know if they will still be top when the when the winter break comes but we could be looking at a fit Tyler Adams as an important piece on RB Leipzig Playing for the title in yeah. Germany—that's mm-hmm. something to. I, I think I'm, I'm trending into just things to look forward to. Still in, in the Champions League as well. Still in the Champions League. Yeah, he obviously hasn't played yet, but he's, he's going to be available uh, for the knockout rounds. Mm-hmm. And yeah, yeah, he's closing down speed. Everything he does, I'm really excited for Tyler Adams. That's why he's getting the most expensive gift I could buy. 
And what was that gift one more time? It was Fox All News. All of Fox News? All of Fox News. You're going to do some negotiating with the Murdochs? Is that the plan? I'm, yeah, I'm going to trick them. Do they still own it? I feel like they yeah, probably they still do. own it. All right. Yeah, uh, should we get to today's sponsor? Should we yeah. do some more gifting? All right. Let's talk today's sponsor. It is our friends at Roughneck Scars. Long-time advertiser. Not first-time advertiser on the show. I was, gonna, I was trying to do long-time first-time, but it didn't really work out. It didn't. But Roughneck Scars <laughs> have been with us for a very long time. They're official scar providers for U.S. soccer, for Major League Soccer, for the NCAA, and for USL. USL is for Ever expanding and changing and moving teams into different conferences. Uh, so Roughneck will keep you up to date. They will have the scarves available so you can figure out if you're going to be a Western Conference team. Maybe they make a Western Conference scarf. You can find out at Roughneck Scarves. And if you are into national teams, mm-hmm. they have all kinds of national team scarves. Yep. I could get an England scarf, for example, to mm-hmm. support them all the way through to the Euro 2020 final. Could you get a Finland scarf if England crashed out of the Euros? The answer is yes, you can. <laughs> oh, no. Is that, is that your prediction for the Euros? What, England crashing out? Yeah. Nah. Everyone's supporting Finland. Nah, you guys will be fine. Don't <laughs> worry about it. You'll be fine. You can also do custom scarves, um, mm-hmm. as, we, as we know, because we've created, or they helped us create, the Total Soccer Show. Hello and welcome. Mm-hmm. Scarf, dot, dot, dot. Hello and welcome, dot, 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 scarf. Available via Roughneck Scarves. Yes, you could. And what could you do if you wanted to get a Roughneck Scarf, but you did not want to play full price, Daryl? You sneak into their warehouse, mm-hmm. you stuff one down yep. your shirt, and you run out. You put it in the Creative Ibuprofen that you're shipping out already. There you you're go. Good to go. Mm-hmm. Or you can use or the that. discount yeah. code <laughs> Total Soccer Show at checkout, and you'll get 20% off of your order. Mm-hmm. Total Soccer Show, all one word, for 20% off any scarf you buy from the RoughneckScarves.com store. Uh, thank you very much to Roughneck Scarves for sponsoring this episode of the Total Soccer Show. Uh, Daryl Grove just gave Tyler Adams Fox News. Uh, I'm going to stick with uh, the media line, and I'm going to say I'd like to buy Sky Sports a backbone. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Okay, I know what this is in reference yeah. to. Please yes. explain. It is a reference to uh, Gary Neville's uh, response to the allegations of racism in the Tottenham-Chelsea game. Gary Neville was essentially saying uh, not just that, like, it is a problem on the field, it is a problem in the stadiums, but it is a problem outside of the stadiums. Mm-hmm. He was discussing uh, allegations of racism against both conservative and liberal uh, leaders and parties Labor. in excuse, what? Labor and conservative. What's the difference? I said conservative and liberal. Oh, is, is liberal not so considered a, labor? No, there's a liberal Democrat party, there's the Labor Party, uh, and there's the okay. conservative party. Yeah. So should I say then Tories instead of conservative? Yeah. If I want to be proper? Um, Tories and labor? Um, yes. And basically he was saying that like you've got kind of those accusations of racism, and if you have racism everywhere in the world, then of course it's going to permeate into soccer. That's how it works. And mm-hmm. so his point was like you've got to stamp it out certainly in football, but it has to be stamped out elsewhere. Um, and my, my frustration comes from presenter Dave Jones who said immediately after uh, Neville was done, those are the views of Gary Neville and not of Sky Sports. When Gary Neville responded like, do you not agree? Like, mm-hmm. or do you disagree? He said, whether I do or don't agree is completely irrelevant. I'm here to try to hold a balanced debate. And that, I think, was kind of the moment of frustration for me because I'm going to assume that Dave Jones had a producer in his ear yes, saying, definitely. that's not Sky, that's not Sky, that's not Sky. So he had to say that. But the way he then rephrased it as, I'm trying to hold a balanced debate, like, what are you debating about this point? Like, why yeah. does that need to be said? And more to the point if you have to clarify that these are the views of gary neville like isn't that why he's there to like yeah, give his opinion that. it's sort of strange to be like like do you have to say that if he says i just didn't think man city were good today do you have to be like well that's the opinion of gary neville and not officially <laughs> sky sports like do you have to do that every time i that that seemed unnecessary to me i can tell you what i think happened there i think mm-hmm. he did get the producer in his ear and i think gary neville was deliberately very balanced in saying mm-hmm. uh, that the conservative party so did he. he said that and the labor party <laughs> yeah. um have both done things which could be considered racist. One of the things he's referring to is Boris Johnson mm-hmm. um, wrote some columns for newspapers that basically had some like straight-up racist yeah. uh, comments in them. Um, but those are like more famous than... Uh, the Labour stuff is allegations of not dealing with anti-Semitism right. in the party. I think the Sky Sports 
producer thought he'd only accused mm. the Conservatives of racism and they didn't want to be seen attacking the government. Not least because then if you're attacking the government, there's a chance that maybe some legislation suddenly appears that, <laughs> that makes things difficult for, mm. for Sky Sports. I, yes. Uh, so uh, I agree with your, yeah. I agree with your mm-hmm. gift of a backbone, yeah. but I think I do think what's happened has been a little bit misunderstood. I mean, except that like, I, I, I take everything you said. I, I, I agree with it. I would just add, though, that like, that still doesn't matter to me because it's like, Gary Neville is saying a thing that I think is accurate and reflecting, say it is just Boris Johnson. Say he said we have a, a prime minister who's accused of racism. Like if you're – I don't point- think he said that though. He did say no, – no, no, uh, who's uh, said some racist things. But my point is that even if he did say that, he's alluding to a thing that is being talked about that is in the news, that is a thing that a lot of people believe. To me, it's not just wild conjecture about like – and that yeah. guy's a racist by the way. I like agree. It sort of I think is the a producer panicked. Exactly. Right? Yeah. And I guess that's what I mean and that's what's so frustrating. And then re- reframing it as a debate afterwards, it's just – it's the – the idea – I know I'm not breaking new ground here and I, hate, and I hesitate to like repeat or regurgitate talking points. But the idea that we need two sides of an argument or you have to remain balanced or there has to be some level of, well, we got to get both sides and both views. It, I just find that so confusing as to – and we've talked about how much we enjoy or at least we, I enjoy NBC Sports and the way they cover it. Uh, they cover the Premier League yeah. with Robbie Earle and Robbie Musto. I saw that coverage after the Rudiger incident. And, and it's the second time that Robbie Earle has spoke very poignantly and directly about what it is to be racially abused, how that makes you feel, how mm-hmm. it gets internalized, what it makes you feel in terms of connection to society. Like I think not shying away from it helps people better understand, and especially when it's somebody like Robbie Earl, who is very affable and very good at what he does, but I think doesn't he's not there to be like to tell you about his personal life and so you when you get those moments of humanity and insight it really resonates and connects as opposed to well those aren't the views of NBC and yeah, we can't yeah. really speculate I will say to Gary Neville's credit he mm-hmm. goes straight back at the presenter oh yeah like, I enjoyed the do you disagree and then when he was like I'm just trying to have a balanced debate I think his response right when the when the, that little clip cuts is was I not being balanced <laughs> like so yeah, because he said yeah, he yeah. said like both parties both major parties mm-hmm. I think that's the yeah that's the sticking point there um, yeah, I love Gary right. Neville yeah, I, I like <laughs> his backbone he's definitely got, that's why he was the shop steward when he was at Manchester United very very briefly and should have been very briefly uh, or as briefly as I can be you remember the terrible World Cup wind up pranks show you got murked the real yeah. Ferdinand thing do you remember the Gary Neville one because that remains one of my favorite things no. ever Real Ferdinand has actors pretend to be police, and they say that like Gary Neville's uh, Range Rover is above emissions standards. They're, <laughs> they're trying to give him all these tickets, and it ends with them being Liverpool fans or something like that. But they want him to sign autographs, and he's he says no, and they're like, "We're going to impound your car if you don't let us do." He's like, "I don't care, take it away, do whatever you got to do." And Giggs is standing next to him, saying like, "Are you serious? Just sign the autograph." He's like, "No, I'm not doing it." And I just love that even yeah, in that moment, principles right? <laughs> exactly. He is not <laughs> bending, and it makes me love him all the more. Oh, okay. Mm. My next gift yeah. is a pun. Okay. So brace yourself. I'm ready. Um, for Duncan Ferguson mm-hmm. and Freddie Youngberg, I'm going to get them Vossen gift cards. Okay. Do you know what Vossen is? No. Okay, so Vossen I know makes... what Vossen is. V, no, not the brewery in Richmond. Mm-hmm. Vossen with an O. Mm-hmm. They make the um, expensive, flashy part of a car tire. What's okay. it called? The, the middle part that's always shiny. The hubcap, the rim? Uh, that, that's it, mm. yeah. I've heard that both uh, Ferguson and Youngberg are into rims. <laughs> I saw what you were doing here. I know you well enough. Similar to my wife at this point, it's genuinely the case that uh, there will be little moments where I'll be like, oh, she didn't like that. And then she'll, afterwards I'll mention that. She'll be like, was it really obvious? And I was like, no. I just like I know that one little eyebrow flick, what that means. <laughs> Similar, as soon as you started asking what it was, I was like, I know what you're doing here. <laughs> you know damn well, Daryl Grove, what that thing is called. And I like it. I like it. Do, do you feel like they didn't get much time? I feel like 
I feel like Yunberg got or Lundberg got enough time, but I'm thrown off by the way that some people pronounce it Yunberg and some people pronounce it Lundberg. But anyway, I think he got almost too much time because he got no backing, so he got no help. He had no assistance. Yeah. He was really in a thankless position. So almost just being stuck there, it's why he ended up saying, like, hire somebody or don't, but, like, I got to figure out what's going on here. Yeah. So I think, like, Arteta's he... just keeping him on staff, right? Yeah. yeah. But I think, like, Lumber got, like, too much time but simultaneously not enough support, whereas... Duncan Ferguson, I, I thought that exact same thing. Of like He came in and got results and mm-hmm. kind of turned things around. Seemed... Boy. I think he lost on penalties to Leicester in the Cup, but he's mm-hmm. unbeaten apart from that. Yeah, and yeah, I mean, and got, got a win or two wins and, and getting One points win. this weekend against yeah. Arsenal. Even if it's a struggling Arsenal, it's still Arsenal. Yeah. And I think, I mean, I, I think he also, uh, I believe, will be kept on by Carlo Ancelotti, okay, at least in good. some capacity. He said, we're back to work Monday. Yeah. And when they asked him about that, he said, well, I don't know for sure, but that's my expectation Fingers or crossed, something like right. that. So. I, so I think what's happened here is it actually kind of makes sense in hindsight mm-hmm. that they were interims. Yep. Um, but the Ole Gunnar Solskjaer situation, I think, like set a new expectation for um, a caretaker manager. I'll start using that word instead. Mm-hmm. Uh, who's like a club, a club legend or whatever to come in. And if they do okay, then they get the job. Mm-hmm. But it seems like that that is not a norm that Ole Gunnar Solskjaer has set. Instead, Everton and Arsenal were both, okay, yeah, you are just interim for a few games and then mm-hmm. we're getting a proper coach. <laughs> there's, I know you don't watch The Office, The American Office, but there's one when Michael is watching movies over like, over like 20 minute spans and he's watching The Devil Wears Prada and he comes in and he's like thinks Meryl Streep from The Devil Wears Prada is the best character and he's acting like her and emulating her. And then when he finishes the movie, he comes in and apologizes to Pam for mistreating her because <laughs> he realizes that she was uh, – turns out she was the bad guy the whole time. Who could have seen it coming? And I feel like Premier League clubs have taken that approach to like the way they're hiring coaches that they like saw like Manchester United last season when Ole Gunnar Solskjaer came in and everything turned around. And they're like, let's do that. Let's follow that pattern. And then they finish the second part and they're like, never mind, never mind, never mind. Back off, back <laughs> off. <laughs> Bring in Carlo Ancelotti. Let's make big names happen. <laughs> and honestly – Stepping back and looking mm-hmm. at it, weren't they both on staff anyway? Ferguson was, um, I think, a youth team coach yep. or had worked his way up mm-hmm. through the Everton system for a yep. few years. And Freddie Youngberg was mm-hmm. the U23 coach, yep. right? So it's not as if they just like pulled in a club legend out of nowhere. These guys were already in the system. I think mm-hmm. it just ha- it's, it's actually the normal thing to do to just have someone on staff take over the team temporarily. Yep. And it's almost just there was a bit more of a spotlight on it because they were famous names as opposed to being like, Oh, Steve Jones, who yeah. was the who was the youth team, yeah. who mm-hmm. doesn't have a, a media profile or anything. I, I do wonder, like, so like D- Duncan Ferguson, maybe Moise Kane aside, seems to have brought about some goodwill between himself and the players. The players seem to have bought into his style, or at least enjoyed having him around. So keeping him on makes sense. Again, hopefully he makes amends with Moise Kane so that Carlo Ancelotti doesn't have to deal with that. But you, like Lundberg, especially this weekend, benching a lot of players, playing young players pretty clearly saying like people on this team don't care about this team and aren't working hard enough keeping him around might be a little bit more challenging for Mikel Arteta I know he's going to do it but I do wonder if it there seems has like Arteta's to be Arteta's into that message though yeah, people maybe haven't so. been working hard enough that I yeah. think Arteta's on board with what Youngberg was saying alright yeah. alright cool so maybe that makes sense then yeah alright well I, uh, you're going to buy them some rims <laughs> yeah I'm going to buy them some rims are you going to buy them at least nice rims yeah, the best the spinners the very best alright yeah. I feel like you don't know how much rims cost I, I looked it up for this That's, these gift cards are going to be expensive not as much as Fox News but they're going to be looked expensive looked it up for this yeah for, you did all that legwork you think I knew the Vossen brand before I did this research? Maybe I don't know. I don't know what you're I don't into. Even have a car. Um, all right, Taylor. <laughs> you do have that hubcap collection, though, which I always find so strange. 
Daryl has a second apartment for all of his subcaps. It's odd. It's odd. Um, I, uh, I'm going to buy Oleg Gunnar Solskjaer, the sequel to the book What to Expect When You're Expecting. I don't know if you, you know that they wrote uh, a sequel. It's uh, called What to Expect When You're Playing Against a Team with Even a Moderate Sense of Defensive Planning. Uh, it's, it's more of a niche book, but I think it's something that he could really do with reading. <laughs> okay, before we get into this, yeah. my next gift was mm-hmm. going to be I'm going to buy Oleg Gunnar Solskjaer a brand new GPS because he needs to find some alternate routes. Yes. So I think we're saying the same thing. Yours here. works better. <laughs> but we're saying very much the same yeah. thing here, right? Mm-hmm. Um, my, so my take is that the way he's got this team set up, a lot of pace up front, mm-hmm. really good on the counter-attack with Rashford, Martial, uh, Danny James. Um, they can launch counter-attacks and be deadly against teams that are quite open because mm-hmm. they think they can beat Manchester United. But any team that comes and defends, they, they don't seem to have a way through, right? Yes. Are, we, are we saying the same thing here? Oh, we absolutely are. Did you see that the statistic that was doing the round about like, them with possession? Yeah, is it that they when they have the majority of possession, they more often lose, and when they have... Mm-hmm. The opposite of the majority of possession, they more often win. In the league, uh, when they have 50% of possession or more, they are one win, six draws, and five losses on the season. Oof. So, yeah, not great. Not great so much. Yeah, and uh, I think maybe he could do with a little bit more uh, planning about how to break down defenses. So what? what is it? What could he do differently? I mean, I do think, as this game this weekend showed, having Paul Pogba as a kind of creative free like free from defensive responsibility number 10 will be a, a big a big aspect of what so when, they're going to be doing I didn't see the whole game mm-hmm. when Pogba came on where mm-hmm. did he play did he play as one of the two sixes like a Fred no. McTominay role or did he play in the, front of them he played in front of them which but is what sti- Lingard's position yes, was to exactly. begin the game but then still would do the Pogba thing that we've seen him do for France and for United where he would drop deep and get the ball and then look to play those like long direct balls forward yeah. but then sometimes he would drive forward sometimes he would stay high he was definitely facil- like facilitating attacks I think the statistic genuinely is off the top of my head I think it was like two shots on goal before he came in, six in the like 15 minutes or so he was on the field. Oh, wow. So I think that will definitely be, be a big part of it. My hesitation there, as a Manchester United fan saying this, is that I've heard this repeatedly this season of like, oh, once that guy's back, oh, once that guy's back, mm-hmm. oh, once that guy's back. And Pogba is the latest and final one. Yeah. And I don't really know if he comes back and things don't turn around. Putting all of your uh, eggs into the Paul Pogba basket especially since that basket tends to be a little bit fragile when playing for Manchester United, uh-huh. might not be the best of uh, approaches. And I, I can't think of the solution. Like, for example, Danny James, when he has space mm-hmm. and yeah. like, to exploit and to run into, really dangerous, right? Because he's so fast, Danny James. But I don't think of him as someone, if there's a, like the massed ranks of defence, if he gets the ball on the right, he's not sending in the type of crosses that are really, really dangerous. No. Right? And Martial's not necessarily um, great at attacking balls in the air. And Marcus Rashford is better with space in front of him. I think the whole forward line yep. is set up uh, to have space to exploit. And when there isn't any to exploit, I don't know what they do. And yeah, Pogba yeah. might be the answer, but you need more than one guy to be the answer, right? You do. I, and I think like one way to go, I mean, they're not going to get either one of these players, but as examples... Lukaku. <laughs> I was going to say a player like uh, Roberto Firmino, a player like Luis Suarez. Firmino dropping in can facilitate attacks, isn't just going to stand up top and wait for the ball. I do yeah. think Martial does that sometimes when the ball is a bit more static in the opposition defensive third. And then like Luis Suarez can certainly hang on the last defender and cause problems there, but can also just cause problems and kick people and frustrate defenses. That's the thing you need. And then combines well, can shoot from distance, pops up and causes threats, pops up in random spots that you didn't expect him to be, similar to Thomas Muller. Mm-hmm. And I think they need a bit more variety maybe a bit more technical precision and technical ability up top but also a bit more variety in how they go about attacking what about attacking fullbacks like do you see Wambasaka and Luke Shaw do they get forward and get involved in attacks like everyone's praising obviously not this weekend because he gave the penalty away everyone's praising Wambasaka's uh 1v1 defending ability but I um I thought he was better going forward honestly Mm. but every time I see him go forward he's not that sort of 
He's not like he's not that involved, is he? I wouldn't say that's like a fundamental part of his game. Yeah. You know? I mean, he definitely gets forward and provides width, but I don't think of him as like, oh, he's got the ball. Why he's going to whip in that deadly cross or yeah. something like that? Luke Shaw, like Luke Shaw, I think has has had his injury problems as well and is always a little bit inconsistent. Um, but I think he's supposed to be the more attacking of the two. And I would emphasize the supposed to be as mm-hmm. opposed to is. There we go. Yeah. All right. So the GPS and the what to expect when you're expecting an organized defense book. Yeah, basically. Hopefully the, those two things will help. Yours is easier, so sure. <laughs> um, what else you got? We've got time for one more gift before the next ad. Uh, I think it's your turn. I don't want to steal, I don't want to no, steal was, all the chances. No, it was Ole and then I did Ole as well. So it's back uh, to you. I see what's happened here. Uh, I've, I'm kept, give, track. I've I'm, kept track is what's happened here. I'm going to be very generous and I'm going to give Jurgen Klopp the uh, head coaching job for the U.S. men's national team. Oh, that's very nice of you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This is my plan, Daryl. Uh, because... I think we would both enjoy Jurgen Klopp as head of the U.S. national uh-huh. team. But more importantly... You're going to pull him away before he gets to win the Premier League with Liverpool. <laughs> oh, I see. You see what I'm doing here? So this is a U.S. men's national team and Manchester United fan Maybe. gift. Yeah, this Maybe. is a gift for you. This yeah. is like when, when no. someone buys a gift for uh, their spouse <laughs> and it turns out to be a gift for them. <laughs> it's like that time that you tried to give me diabetes medication. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then I had to give it back to you. Um, yeah. I, I brought my wife an Apple TV uh, a couple of years ago. and mm. She was like, isn't this for you? Uh, turns out she loves it. So it's okay. <laughs> isn't this for you? That's perfect. Yes, this is one of those gifts where we get a proven manager and Liverpool loses one. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I've got a, I wouldn't do that to Liverpool fans. I've got a semi-serious one. Mm-hmm. Um, I would get Sebastian Soto a new agent. Okay. So do you remember the Sebastian Soto situation? Uh, Bofo Sacedo? Uh, no, Sebastian oh, Soto. Soto, sorry, Soto. Um, so he was at Hanover yeah. last year. Yes. Um, wow. He, I forgot about Sebastian Soto. He went to the mm. U20 World Sebastian Cup. Sebastian Soto, well, sorry. He finished joint second top mm-hmm. scorer with a few other people, but he scored mm-hmm. four goals at the U20 World Cup. His, his stock was high, right? Um, and his agent was determined that he would get himself a move to another team. So he didn't sign a new contract with Hanover, even though he had a year to run. Um, I, another club didn't come in for him. Uh, at least not successfully. And Hanover were kind of like, all right, if you're not going to sign another contract, we have no obligation to pay you, Mm -hmm. right? So even though he'd gotten a couple games in the Bundesliga, the first Bundesliga, Hanover got relegated. They're in the two Bundesliga. He has played a total of four minutes all season. So because of the attempt to leave, the attempt to like strong arm their way out, he's kind of been frozen out at Hanover um, in the second Bundesliga. Terrific. Yeah. Terrific. Um, like we, we try not to – sorry, what were you going to say? I was going to say he can – he is now, because his contract is running out in the summer, he'll be eligible to sign mm-hmm. with uh, new teams January 1st, right? He could sign a pre-contract starting January 1st. But – his star is not hot right now. No. Like it was hot after the U twenty World Cup. Um, it's it's very much cooled right now. If you think about it from any sort of like like put it in the perspective of a job interview, and yeah, if you're going into a job interview and like wait, hold on, it seems you worked here, but you didn't actually have the job and you weren't doing much, and if you have to be like, well, it was difficult. Like I had this person tell me, like as soon as you're explaining it, it's not going to sound good, yeah. and that's kind of the position he's in at his at a club level. You and I tend to try not to just kind of like go with the narrative and assume like this is what happened and we're assuming, but that's going to be like our operational foundation for this entire argument. But I'm going to do that a little bit right now yeah. because it is the frustrating aspect of agents in the modern game and really in the modern game of like the last 30 years. But if you're getting paid not necessarily for your your agent to be doing well at their club, but you're getting paid for their next move at their next club, then you're always going to be sort of agitating and pushing towards the door yeah. because it means you can make more money, you can get them a bigger deal, they get more like stardom, sure, but you want your money as well. It's it's I call it the Mino Raiola special. <laughs> and in this case, this is where it comes back to haunt you is that if that move doesn't come to fruition or if there wasn't that much interest to begin with because you're a relatively unproven American forward who's been playing with a youth team – 
then you find yourself in this current situation. And I guess that's my way of saying Asians are bad. I mean, I could be wrong. It could January 1st could come around mm-hmm. and Sebastian Soto signs with, I don't know, a Dutch team that gives him minutes uh, straight away. Mm-hmm. But at least the last six months of his career have been kind of a kind of a waste because the agent maneuvering in the summer from I'm going to name and shame them BM Sport Management yeah um, did not do Sebastian Soto any favors at least in the short term. So my present to him is new representation. I feel like agents who usually are lawyers, so it connects. Like agent jokes are the new lawyer jokes. <laughs> that's that's what I'm going to say there. <laughs> Um, have you got any more gifts you want to give? I do, but before I, I do those, should we talk about today's sponsor, FB Ref? Yes, it's a it's a classic sponsor. We haven't back. talked about FB Ref in a while, and I'm excited to do so. They've been updating. So mm-hmm. FBREF.com, um, they're part of Sports Reference. They are soccer statistics. They have recently added XG passing plus minus which is like how many points i think you're like mm. you've been worth when your team's on the field and, and loads more stats have been added to fb ref so if you visited uh, fb ref in the summer when we were advertising them they now have a much a much deeper depth of stats uh unlike how i do not have a good deeper depth of vocabulary <laughs> hey you speak good you speak real real good that's right and and with that you can sort of uh, either back up your assumptions or find out that you were wildly <laughs> incorrect or maybe both depending on how you want to interpret statistics. What but, have you done? Well, uh, so um, from the Club World Cup and and recently I've, I've been seeing a lot of people criticizing Roberto Firmino for not finishing and not taking his chance in that game but I've seen other people talking about how... Did he win that game? He did. But like I think had like one or two other like very I decent see, see, chances. But I am... I think it was Mike Goodman a long time ago I saw a tweet and it stuck with me month. of like whenever you see... Uh, a person, like an analyst saying simultaneously, like, oh, I don't trust these new stats. I don't trust expected goals. And then saying, like, oh, he should have finished that goal. It's like, right, that's what we're tracking here. That's why you should care about expected <laughs> goals. So that sticks out to me. So I was looking at um, Roberto Firmino wondering if maybe, uh, like, he is actually, like, way more clinical. Nope. He is the – he's got the – statistically from expected goal standpoint, he's not doing so well for Liverpool. Obviously, he's doing fine. Yeah. But in terms of his goals minus expected goals, so basically goals he's actually scored with uh, expected goals subtracted, he's at negative 1.6. That is the worst uh, number for any Liverpool player. Worth noting, Liverpool only have – no decimal before the one, negative 1.6. Yes. Wow. Uh, yeah, negative 1.6. Yep. Mm-hmm. So that's how many – Chances he has missed. It is the worst record on Liverpool. Worth noting, they only have five players who have negative uh, goals minus yeah. expected goals. Oh, wait, but that's throughout the entire season, right? Yes. That's not, it's not an average of negative 1.6 no. per game. No, no. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's just in the Premier League, by the way. Yeah. That's just me looking at those numbers. But it's interesting to look at Liverpool because it goes the opposite way of what I thought, where, like, yes, he has missed more chances than maybe would have expected. But aside from him... There are some solid numbers. Virgil van Dijk is plus two. So basically, he scored two more goals than he should have. The one that really stands out is Sajo Mane, who has nine goals, and that's two and a half more than he should have scored this season. All but right. all of that kind of helps you to then either build the narrative of Sajo Mane's outperforming and is secretly like the best performer on Liverpool, or the counter narrative would be he's overperforming and maybe we'll come back to like parody as the season progresses. All right. So if you want to get a look at all of Liverpool's mm-hmm. uh, Liverpool players and all kinds of other players, yep. um, XG, you can go to fbref.com. The link will be in the show notes. Go to fbref.com and you can look at uh, all the new stats, uh, fbref.com. You certainly can. Uh, I, I would follow with, uh, of those five, stats? just of those five who are negative, uh, feature names like Dejan Lovren, uh, Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain, Hamas Milner, uh, and then uh, Trent Alexander-Arnold. Those are the only five names in the negatives when it comes to goals minus expected goals. Uh, United have 12 of those. So maybe that kind of encapsulates <laughs> Liverpool taking their chances, Manchester United. Not so much. Yeah. Not so much. Uh, all right. Whose turn is it to give a gift? Uh, I think it's yours. Okay. I'm going to take the U.S. soccer board to In-N-Out Burger. Okay. To see how an operation is run 
with a successful CEO. All right. So, uh, in and out Burger, uh-huh. you, know, you know the burger joint, right? I do. Um, Lindsay Snyder is the CEO, and on Glassdoor, her employees oh. give Lindsay Snyder see what you've done here. a 96% approval rating. All right. Yeah, and one of the big things she does is they talk about valuing employees. So the employees who just like, you know, work the counter, literally flipping burgers, um, $13 an hour and full health insurance at In-N-Out Burger. Um, if you're a manager, you can make in the six figures. Mm. Okay. So this is just an ad for In-N-Out Burger. It's also all about how popular the CEO is and how they value their employees. That's the thing that U.S. soccer could learn from. Weirdly, Daryl just slid this copy across me that today's show is brought to you by In-N-Out Burger. <laughs> I didn't see that one coming. Um my question for you is, was this a thing that you were looking at from a, like, I love In-N-Out Burger and I hope that they employ their employees well? Or did you look up which CEO has, like, the best ranking? I looked for, like, popular CEOs. Uh-huh. And then it turned out that the uh, this story that I found, mm-hmm. I want to say Business Insider, um, that reference Glassdoor and approval ratings for employees and that obviously connected with the uh, the opposite of approval from employees that US soccer received this year on Glassdoor. I'm going to assume that you didn't see the news about In-N-Out today. No, what They're happened? requiring all their employees to live in Chicago. Is that <laughs> really, really, really strange policy? Even the ones that work in California. Yeah, they're going to have to commute. It's going to be tough. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, working a double is going to be real difficult to get back the next day. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, <laughs> it's a policy they believe in. So there we'll we see go. what happens. Yeah. Yep. Well, they can all uh, communicate, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what else we're buying? Oh, sadness. Uh, I want to buy Don Garber the collected volumes on the decline and fall of the Roman Empire. Whoa. Okay. <laughs> yes. Um, because the Cliff Notes version of uh, the rise and, or the uh, decline and fall of the Roman Empire would be uh, aggressive overexpansion and a reliance on outdated practices and traditions led to a downward spiral that outside forces were able to exploit. Uh, and fear of those outside forces led to maybe a, a, like a lack of modernity uh, and instead just kind of relying on uh, outdated competitions like the Kemp. Cup. Wow, that is an extended analogy. Also, like the Romans it. did not play the Campionates Cup, but still, you get my point. <laughs> they turned it down, right? They did. They did. <laughs> they said, this thing? Now wait a couple hundred years. <laughs> or a thousand years. I like Whatever. it. So you genuinely feel like um, MLS is overexpanding? Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. Uh, only only because like I'm very happy for the, the people who live in those expansion cities, and I'm sure yeah. that they will end Charlotte's up Charlotte's a good yeah. recent example, yeah. Certainly. But I also... Like as weird, like old man and like yelling at clouds or whatever I may sound like. I also remember when that was sort of a like, who's it going to be? Who's going to be that next team? There was that vibe of like, oh, I don't know, I don't know. And then it was announced and it was a big deal. And it does feel like in the last couple of years we've moved away from that and into like, oh, there's another one. Like next Monday, there's going to be another one. Like I remember asking people in the industry after I think Sacramento, like, okay, well, it's going to be a while, right? And they're like, oh yeah, I'd expect it to be years before then. There's, there's another one, and what we're like two months later, there's another <laughs> one, and it just feels like they're sort of churning them out really, really, really quickly. Yeah. And it's not just that, like, I think that's a bad idea, but more so that it loses some of the exclusivity and the feelings of excitement, and it and it feels less like, okay, there's a new toy coming into the league. I want to yeah, see yeah. what it's like. Instead, it's like, oh, there's four new toys in the next three years, and it's going to be a lot. I don't know how we're going to make that happen. I'm really conflicted because, yeah, I worry about overexpansion um but i also just think like every new mls team is like mm-hmm. uh, a new development academy and a new a new place where uh, players can be employed and make the most money you can make in american soccer is to play mm-hmm. in mls so every new mls team means it's true um, instead mm-hmm. of earning usl salary you earn an mls salary yeah. right so it's it's really a sort of uh plus minus every mm-hmm. time every time there's a new team announced and it will because it would be great honestly it would be great if there were 200 mls teams Right, because then there'd be loads of opportunity uh, throughout the nation. But it depends if they're willing to change their structure. It's more about the uh, the lack of modernity mm-hmm. um, point. Maybe rings true with me because 
if they were to expand massively and have load, like literally 100 teams or 200 teams, but then obviously be willing to do like a pro rel or, or something to to have a new system to make all that work, I, I could be on board with that. There isn't like a further extended analogy here that involves like slavery and the labor force and a lack of money in the treasury that led to the Roman Empire. Yeah. And you really actually could connect that pretty succinctly uh-huh. to Major League Soccer. No free agency in the Roman Empire. <laughs> well, that and like also like basically expansion led to like bringing in slaves, but bringing in income, bring, bringing in additional revenue. You had like er- greater areas for taxation. I'm not saying I'm pro-empire. I'm just saying that once you stop expanding, they ran out of money and could no longer afford anything. And I do wonder if maybe there's a parallel there in terms of, yeah, you want to expand to 400 teams and every single one of them pays $500 million or $325 million. Maybe that's yeah. also partially a reason why suddenly we have so many uh, teams coming into existence. I wonder if the Roman Empire guaranteed gambled on future massive TV revenue that wasn't quite there yet. <laughs> like, yeah, but they're going to pay to televise that battle. That was uh, Joaquin Phoenix, the emperor from Gladiator Commodus's. That yeah. was his plan. It was going to televise all the gladi- <laughs> gladiatorial combat. And uh, he really thought they would have a, a, like a really lion's share of the market. It didn't work out that way. <laughs> all right, I got another one for you. What you got? I am going to get Willian. A mm-hmm. copy of Rodney Dangerfield's stand-up special, um, No Respect, mm-hmm. because Willian can't get no respect. Mm-mm. Every time I watch this man play for Chelsea, he's really good. Like This weekend, he had that short corner where he made a bit of space for himself and shot from a weird angle and scored. Um, and yet, I keep reading from Chelsea fans just how much they think that Chelsea should get rid of Willian. And mm. I really think that um, they uh, don't appreciate what they've got there. I've also heard three different people now Talk about like, oh, aging Willian and then having to pause and be like, well, he's 31. 31 but still, exactly, yeah. you, know, you get a lot yeah. of those types of comments. Yeah. I think everyone's just excited for Pulisic, yep. Mount, Callum mm-hmm. hudson Adoy, And maybe there can be he, too much of a push to get the old man out, even though the old man's only 31. It, it is also the case sometimes I do really Maybe he's believe. helpful for the younger players as well. He's a good example for people to follow, right? But he doesn't fit the narrative. And I really do that's think that's it, part right? of it is that you can't then say like, Frank Lampard started all like players under the age of 24 because Willian is in there. It's easier to write when it's only youngsters in there because then yeah. it fulfills that narrative. There we go. So it's more of a rant than a gift, but there we go. <laughs> but also, anytime you mention Rodney Dangerfield, I'm good with it. Okay. <laughs> have you got any more gifts to he, give? He hasn't been. We, we haven't learned horrible things about him yet, have we? Not that I know of. We'll, I feel like he kind of lived those out in the open, so maybe that's less likely to happen. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to research that before I okay. publish on this that's one. Fair. That's yeah. fair. <laughs> you got any more gifts? I do. I've got one more. Okay. I'm going to well. give the LA, LA Galaxy a few more designated player spots. Because... <laughs> <laughs> I'm equating this with presents in that, like, if I don't give them to them now, I'm going to try to hide them. But you know they're just going to have people out there looking for them, and eventually they're going to find them. Even if they don't find them, they're going to insist they did find them and use them anyway. So (laughs) I'd rather just give them to them now and kind of save us all some time and stress. Okay, genuine question. Mm -hmm. Um, How would you feel if MLS expanded the number of designated player spots? I'm good with it. Yeah. How high would you go? All of them. Everybody's a designated player now, which means no one is. No, I mean, I I do think that, like— three right now, right? Mm-hmm. I, I I do think that if MLS wants to continue to expand, like it's strange to say because it feels counterintuitive, but I think like fewer regulations such as they've been for Major League Soccer in the past helps with expansion because I think it allows teams to have a bit more freedom in how they want yeah. to operate. Yeah, yeah. Um, I do Li- think liber- regulation liberalize is, the MLS roster. Rules. Yes, I mean I do think regulation is good in terms of you know not allowing toxic sludge to pour into a highway, but in terms of maybe like you need this much TAM in order to do this or discovery rights or whatever, I think you could maybe relax some of that. And with that, I think if you're allowing player teams to spend more money on big name players 
players that are going to bring attention, that are going to bring in fans, but are also going to like increase the product on the field and make yeah. it that much better. Why stop that? So how high would you go, right? Like I assume both of us, if they said four DPs next year, we'd both mm-hmm. be like, yeah, that sounds good. That's an increase of one. I like it, right? Is five too many? Is six too many? Is seven too many? Or, or would you go like as high as you want, which means that essentially, it, like say they said you can have 20 DPs, mm-hmm. right? And then someone like Arthur Blank can then just, you can essentially build whatever roster you want, right? By making a bunch of players DPs. I'd say five. Five? I'd say five, yeah. You, you jumped to five in 2020. I, I, I would increase yeah. salary budget, do, a, do away with some regulations, and I would not add a like luxury tax or anything like that because yeah. I, I kind of am of the opinion that that can be like taken advantage, advantage of by owners who don't really want to spend money and necessarily want to invest in their own uh, organizations. Yeah. So if there were guarantees that those owners are going to do that, then I'm fine with them getting more money from those like DP whatever overages. But for now, I would say it's better to have more players in the league and allow teams to do what they want. Okay, I'm going to call that official TSS policy then. We'll okay. throw five DPs in 2020. Let's do it. Yeah, let's do it. Um, I've got one final gift. Um, it's a telescope. Mm-hmm. And I'm giving a telescope to the US women's national team to recognize their incredible depth of focus. <laughs> I like that. Because I'm looking back mm-hmm. at 2019 mm-hmm. and the way that they won the World Cup. And you think of all the stuff that was going on around them, right? The yep. lawsuits with US soccer, that could have had like, caused internal divisions within the team. It could have caused distractions, so maybe they didn't play to their full potential. The whole political spat that Rapino got into with, with Donald Trump, yep. like, all of those things could have been massive distractions. Oh, you think that's a distraction? To be involved in a war of words with the president? Right. You but think? instead, that team just looked fully focused to the point where there were a couple of games where they didn't necessarily play that well but like Rapino did not miss an opportunity from mm-hmm. the spot and they ground out a couple of results the focus was absolutely incredible um, this gift has a, a bonus use as well which is that they've conquered this planet mm-hmm. so now they could be looking for other planets to go and play against I mean that makes sense yeah. maybe they should play Liverpool we'll see what happens <laughs> <laughs> Ryan and I were looking for an opponent for Liverpool to play to move up after the Club World Cup Yeah, yeah. I, I think we settled on France All right. but maybe it should be the US Women's it National it should be Juliet's coming to get you <laughs> yes <laughs> but I mean, no, that's a good shout, and and the fact that Vlasco has come in and it seems like not missed a beat at all, and yeah. that, and the team is looking very very strong, and NWSL we'll see, right. we'll is see what happens with the poised Olympics. to expand. It just it feels like it's an, uh, an optimistic time, and I'm going to knock on wood on that. Knock on wood. All right, so are we done with our gifts? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like I've given more gifts um, on the Total Sock Show than I did in real life. So. I wouldn't mind giving Gianni Infantino a chill pill. I, I, I was trying to figure out a way to say chill pill that wasn't drugs or alcohol, but what, so for just, what? just just calm it down. Like stop having ideas. Yeah, just like oh, this this sort of worked. So now we're going to make everybody do it. We're going to make sixty teams yeah, involved. So I saw that um, there was a suggestion of doing mm-hmm. the Women's World Cup yep. every two years, and mm-hmm. I think you probably saw my tweet, right? I oh, I did. I initially tweeted. Um, I genuinely hadn't thought it through and just thought I would see this as a good way. Uh, for essentially women's soccer to to play catch up in terms of um, exposure and uh, making money that they just haven't been mm-hmm. able to do uh, to catch up with the men's game. So I saw it as a real positive, but mm-hmm. a lot of women's soccer fans basically felt that having it every two years would uh, would dilute the importance of the tournament. Yeah, I saw the notifications. <laughs> what you- I think I was like I was like in the grocery store and walking in, I saw that tweet and I was like, huh. What and then I walked, take? and then I didn't look at it again. So I walked the, out, and it was a bunch. The only thing mm-hmm. I would take issue with is a lot of people, and it seems to be the overwhelming um, uh, mm-hmm. opinion. So it's quite hard to argue with. But I don't fully understand why having a tournament every two years dilutes the importance because two years is a long time, right? It's not as if. Um, you, it's happening every week, so you don't care about it. Two years to me is long enough that it's still a major event. Um, Potentially, and it's a major event where uh, women's soccer is like like re- really big news, and like you and I would know the players 
uh, we'd be more familiar with the players because we'd be watching the World Cup every mm-hmm. two years and we'd be paying full attention to right. it every two years. I mean, which we kind of do with the World Cup and the Olympics already. So you're stepping on the Olympics We don't right give there. the Olympics the same attention that we give the World Cup. My, my point, I, I would say, is that, like, yes, anytime you have World Cup attached to it, it's going to have significance. But once you increase the frequency of that World Cup and you're not doing that across all sports, you're not having the men's be every two years, you're sort of automatically saying, like, well, we just want this one to be experimental and we're going to try this different format with it. And yes, I get the idea then of like, well, but you get those, like you get the players more money, you get more awareness on the league, but you could also make the argument of, or you FIFA with your trillions of dollars in reserve could also help develop the game and give more money to the individual federations to support women's soccer and help it grow in the individual leagues or whatever you want. It just feels like another Gianni Infantino sort of, it's like the equivalent of, oh, we're not scoring enough goals as a team and our striker's not getting any chances, so let's buy a new striker. It sort of is like dealing with the the big headline-grabbing thing and not all of the other stuff behind it, is my feeling. All right. So, I mean, I'm honestly still not mm-hmm. fully convinced that it's a bad idea, but I also recognize that I'm not a women's soccer expert and people who are experts don't feel like it's a good idea. Mm-hmm. So there's that. Actually, the, think- best, the best argument I saw against it yep. is that um, there's the Euros, um, the women's Euros, yep. happens um, on the... the Every other off year. So, mm-hmm. like, t- uh, so what were we, 2019? Uh, next Women's World Cup is 2023. In 2021, there'll be uh, Women's Euros. Right. That would get, like, crushed by the extra this, Women's yeah, World Cup. True. Yeah. So that's the best think, argument against it. I think I a lot of my hesitation is rooted in I do not trust FIFA and I do not trust Gianni Infantino. And it feels to me the equivalent of, like, the used car salesman being, like, putting the arm around you and being like, buddy, I'm going to help you out here. And it's like, I feel like you're not going to help me out. I feel like you're going to help yourself out, but you're telling me you are. And just the idea of him being like, oh, we're going to, like, it's going to help the women's game on the whole. It's like, or is it going to give you an opportunity to sell more sponsorships and make more money off of a thing that you now realized is potentially lucrative? I feel a little bit about that. And I think I'd rather see some more good faith efforts from FIFA before they start just expanding a tournament to potentially make more money. What about the um, Women's Club World Cup? That would be terrific. It would, I would right? very much be okay with that. I'm much more on board with that, especially because there's this like power center in the United States mm-hmm. and there's a power center in Europe and they don't meet apart from in like the International Champions yeah. Cup in friendlies. Mm-hmm. I think a Club World Cup could go a long way. And especially because there are definitely like leagues, like there are to- a lot of top heavy leagues, right? Mm-hmm. Like the way Lyon dominate uh, in France. It would be good to get all these big teams into one tournament against each other. Yeah. And I know like this kind of goes against what I just said a moment ago, where I was saying like, I don't like the idea of experimenting with the women's game and not with the men's, but this is where I'm okay with it. If you made the club world cup on the women's side into, and they're kind of talking about for the men's, which I don't love as much, but if you made it into like the top three teams in North America, go to the club world cup, the top three teams in the champion, League and Europe go like you yeah. get more teams in there and you make it into a bigger tournament. I think that right there gets eyes on the game because now you do have all the best players in the world, most likely playing for their club teams where they're getting more reps where they have more mm-hmm. familiarity. So those the quality is always going to be better. It's why the Champions League final is usually better than the World Cup final. I think you could have that idea here as well. And then when the North Carolina Courage beat Lyon, we finally have that answer and we can <laughs> we stop answering have it. Proof. Yeah. We finally have proof. Yep. And it, here's the big thing it would solve for me, which is a thing, it, like in my opinion, the Women's World Cup, might, the positive of it might have been the extra one, mm-hmm. is just the focus in attention. Like we don't focus on the uh, the Women's Super League and we don't focus on on uh, like league earn or the or the Bundesliga, um, but it, when there's a if there was a club World Cup, it would be this one big event that mm-hmm. we could definitely like, probably watch and review every game on yep. TSS and be super into. Basically, I want opportunities to be forced into paying attention. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of soccer yeah. happening, so it's hard to just say, yeah, I'm going to watch a load of uh, FA Women's Super League mm-hmm. this weekend. But then there's also all these other games happening, and I'm pulled in multiple different directions. If I can have a focal point, I'm really really happy. I like that point. Yeah. I agree with that point. 
And okay. I agree with you entirely. So we're going to give the world of women's soccer a Club World Cup? I'm, I'm still just getting the women's national team a telescope. Okay, that's fine too. That's fine too. That's fine too. <laughs> For the interplanetary uh, women's <laughs> World Cup. <laughs> women's Universe Cup? That's what it would be, yeah. I, I never know how these things work. Yeah. Whatever. The yeah. Multiverse Cup? Yeah, Let's the, multi- make that happen. the Multiverse yep. Cup. Um, all right, should we wrap it up here now we're talking about the Multiverse Cup? I suppose um, we should. So we'll say Merry Christmas to our listeners and Happy Holidays. Taylor Rockwell, thank you for taking the time to give gifts with me today. Right big at you, buddy. And listeners, good to have you back. Always nice for you to do the introduction, not me. I'm here to stay for a little while now, at least. No more, no more wandering. No more wandering. <laughs> um, listeners, thank you for listening, and we will talk to you again very soon. <laughs>